On today's Question of Faith, should we still have empty holy water fonts? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. I am Mike Hayes. I'm the Director of Young Adult Ministry in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damien Ferentz, the Vicar for Evangelization. And I'm Brooke Uline, Communications Manager for the Diocese. Brooke, welcome back. Thanks, thanks Always for Always good to have me. you. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm trolling Facebook, <laughs> because that's what I do, right? And um, usually I do, I have a group that I'm in uh that's with a group of friends, some who I've met in person, some who I haven't. And someone mentioned that in their church, the holy water fonts were still empty because, you know, we emptied these out from the pandemic. Correct. And and it just reminded me of a whole bunch of things. The first thing is when, when I was in charge of liturgy at a place that I will not name uh, so as not to embarrass them, every Lent, apparently, the tradition was that they – Drained the holy water fonts Hold and on. put filled it with sand. sand. Oh, oh, the old sand. Is yeah. that a thing? That's yeah. a thing. And I, you know, and I knew that was wrong, and I just said, um, "No, we're we're not doing that." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "So this one student." Who I I just have to be honest and say I, I didn't like, <laughs> but you loved. But, but you I loved. Like. I, mm-hmm. I, yes, I loved him dearly, but I did not like him sometimes. Kept insisting. So Mike went, you know, we should put the sand in, right? We should put the sand in. I said, no. I said, at every church, you're supposed to remind yourself of your baptism. And I said, and that's what the holy water fonts are there. I said, when you take that away, I said, then people can't remind themselves of their baptism anymore. Right. And I said, that's that's not a good thing. And he said, well, yeah, but, you know, the RCIA candidates are longing for baptism. That's why we're waiting. You know, we're waiting with them. It's solidarity. I said, it doesn't matter. And Lent <laughs> is 40 years in the desert, so we're reminding ourselves the desert sand. So somewhere along the way, someone at some liturgy conference probably right. said, here's an idea. People are like, that's a good idea without truly reflecting on the nature Co- of baptism. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so needless to say, we did not do that. So fast forward to Ash Wednesday and... The fonts are full, and somebody, and it was a dear friend of mine who did this, said, oh, they must have forgot to take the holy water fonts and drain them, and they took them outside and dumped them. (gasps) And I nearly lost my mind. Mm. (laughs) I went, who did this? And when they told me who it was, I was like, okay, because he's a good friend of mine, I'm not going to go nuts on him. Mm -hmm. Just somebody go and fill those holy water fonts. Now, that said... In ter- this person was writing this because of the pandemic, right? You know, right, we had, sure. We had all this yeah. thing um, where we had to drain the funds. Anyway, so the CDC has talked about this for years, not just during – this is before the pandemic they talked about this. Anywhere where there's standing water, germs are – and Brooke's just shaking mm-hmm. your head yes, because mm-hmm. like me, Brooke is, can be kind of germy-phobic, yeah. right? Right. You know? I disinfected this whole room before you <laughs> came in today. <laughs> um, so, thank you for doing that, by no the problem, way. Yeah. I came in 10 minutes ago and had a sneeze fit and coughed all <laughs> right. over your okay. microphone. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. I licked three of your pants oh, before. Stop. Stop. <laughs> You'll never know which one it is. Um, but, yeah, so uh, wherever there's standing water, it's you know, it's just a Petri dish. of. So, you know, I got really good at this. I would I would have our sacristans at places I was at. I would say, okay, you need to... Go, go and water the plants, the holy water. That's a good use for that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, and then we're going to re- we're gonna wash these things out, and then we're going to refill them. And we did it probably three times a week. Oh, wow. You know, um, because you know, weekday mass, a little less. You know, you yeah. don't have to do it every day. But Sunday mass, you know, people are in and out of there all the time, so yeah. you want to you do that often. So, um, 
that's just a good practice in general. But you know, p- people are the other thing too is that if the water's flowing, it's yeah. less likely to. Sure. So the parish I'm in now has has water that's flowing all the time, mm-hmm. so the germs are less likely to kind of stay there. So that's mm-hmm. that's a lot safer. Yeah, after the council, that became. Well, long after the council, like in the 90s and the early part of the first yeah. decade of the, the, the new millennium, to build a baptistry or baptismal font at the front doors of the church where water is constantly moving and flowing. And then when you walk in, you're actually not dipping your hand into the little font, but the baptismal font itself. So there's a richer symbol there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And so still, we're still avoiding the question. So the question now is, should these fonts be refilled? Now that the pandemic is not quite behind us, especially not this week here in the Diocese of Cleveland, I've known four people who've gotten COVID yeah. this week mm. alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the question is, is, is this thing, I would say if the water's flowing, it's perfectly safe at this point because the COVID virus is an airborne virus, so it's not necessarily a thing that would happen near the baptismal font necessarily. You wouldn't get it that aqua-nascent, way. Aquanascent? It's not aquanascent? Oh, very nice. Would that be waterborne? Wow. I don't know if that would be or not. But Good use. If it's not a word, you've just made one yeah, up. That would be. A, it sounds like a cool name of a band, too. That's right. <laughs> Probably be a progressive rock band. We do that a lot at this show. Like, that would yeah. be a great name yeah. for an indie band. band. We, should, yeah. we should just make that a feature. If we like, think of a word this week, we say, that's a great name for an indie band. I'm thinking, too, that like so many things having to do with the pandemic and so many things in life that prudence – is the virtue that guides. And prudence is the virtue that allows us to know uh, to do the right thing in the right way at the right time with the right people for the right reason, right? So it's a it's a higher elevation of common sense. Mm. But if you're at a community, and I, I get around the diocese a lot, where you'd have a lot of elderly people or people with preconditions, yeah. maybe you don't fill those fonts just yet. But if you're at a community that is younger and seems healthier, then maybe uh, you can fill the fonts. But those who are still um, fearful of contagion then would just refrain from reminding themselves of their baptism. It's not a must. You don't absolutely have to do this. It's a small tea tradition that's a good part of our tradition. But yeah, if you're sick, then prudence would say, then don't be participating in those particular activities. So my guess is if you're still wearing a mask, maybe that's a sign that you don't want to use the holy water font either. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think uh, the other thing, too, is that, you know, if the font is flowing, probably the, the chances of you getting anything are, are fairly minimal mm-hmm. um, at best. So you, you, could, you could feel assured that maybe that you, know, that you can dip your hand in that water. But um, if it's standing water, you know, most places, some places don't have a flowing one. Yeah. If it's a standing water one, then maybe you want to refrain or... Maybe you can even ask the uh, the pastor, when was the last time when this was thing was cleaned? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or that's a great initiative. I, it's a great initiative. I hate to say that, but for parishioners to, hey, that's something small that you can do to help support your own parish, right? Like, yep. hey, Father, when's the last time someone's done this? If not, me and my family will like to take that on this week, and we'll help seek out the next family mm. to take out the following week or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Yeah. I wanted to share that. Um, so uh, my daughter was in second grade, made her first communion this year. She's going into third grade. But as part of her like retreat process, um, all the second graders from her school went out to Our Lady of Lord's Shrine in Euclid. We were just there yesterday. Okay, perfect. So you're familiar then with like the beautiful grotto and the water fall. Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. what else to call it. The, the water feature. Over the stone. You know, yes. So mm-hmm. 
um, there, the sisters were um, telling the students, you know, that how they, and part of their morning practices and prayer practice is that they come out and get a little cup of water and drink it. And they invited the students to do it mm-hmm. with them. Well, then one of Jordan's first communion gifts this year was a book called Don't Drink the Holy Water by, <laughs> by <laughs> Father Joe I'm going to say Kempf, K-E-M-P-F, and he's a diocesan priest from St. Louis. So um, it's a great book, and it's not just about the holy water. It's about all the sacramentals and what they mean. And in the beginning of this podcast, when you were talking about Mm. your classmate or friend who, you know, just dumped the water wherever, you know, it's like, well, maybe somebody didn't get them the great children's book or didn't, you know, because you have to learn this stuff early on in order to understand what it is and what it means. But we kind of joked at our house because Jordan was like, I drank the holy water. This book's telling me not to do it. Well, I I would make this distinction at Lord's Shrine, that water flows from a well. It's a natural source. Just Mm -hmm. like in the original Lord's when Bernadette, saw Our Lady, she said, start digging. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever seen the movie Song of Bernadette, Bernadette's digging, she got mud all over yes. her face, she mm. looks terrible. Then all of a sudden, clear water springs up. And it's mm-hmm. so it's moving water coming from a font that's filtered through the earth. So it's not that it's been sitting there and right. you're drinking. So don't drink that right. holy water, right. but you can drink the water from the font. They give those little paper cups. And yeah, yeah you could do that. It's yeah. kind of a cool, and it's a cool Catholic thing. Like, whoa, I went to the shrine. And they drank I this drank water this from water. the spring. Yeah. yeah. The other thing, too, that last night at dinner I was, you know, we always do three questions at our house. And so mm. part of my responses about what I did at work today and what I'm doing tomorrow was, you know, being a part of the podcast today. And um, my daughter and husband said to me, you know, during the pandemic, like we used to have just one big bottle of holy water in our house. I mean, they're all over our house now. We have them in almost every room. And he said, I don't know how this happened. But during the pandemic, we we definitely went to different parishes. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them had bottles out for people to take. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. Maybe because we're back, you know, in a more traditional way to mass and, and maybe parishes. That's just not a thing, like making sure that their parishioners – yeah. have something to take home or to use or to put in their purse. Is that allowed, I guess, oh, as sure, you're entering sure. mass? Like, yeah. hey, I'm not going to dip my hand in the font, but I am I got my own mm-hmm. little sure. holy water bottle yeah. in my, yeah. my I d- purse. I just wrote a little note here, put bottle to remind myself to say what you just said. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good solution. Like if you're kind of a germ-phobic kind of person, get a little bottle of holy water and fill it up at your local parish. And when you come into church – Use that to, to bless yourself instead of dipping your hand into yeah. the font. That works perfectly fine. Well, I was on retreat a week and a half ago. I read these two little books by Timothy O'Malley. He teaches liturgy yeah. at the University of Notre Dame. One he wrote during the pandemic, and the other one he wrote just recently. They're both on the Eucharist. And uh, the second one is about building a Eucharistic culture in your parish. Mm-hmm. I forget the exact title, mm-hmm. but we could throw it in the notes. Sure. But one of the things he says in there is during the Second Vatican Council, so much emphasis was placed on the liturgy that we did neglect like devotions mm. and being holy water or uh, other sacramentals, right? Not mm-hmm. sacraments, but sacramentals. And so that during the COVID shutdown, 
when people weren't able to go to mass, many didn't know what the heck to do. And so I think during that time, it was a good reminder that, yeah, you could take holy water, you could pray your breviary, you can do other devotions during the year. And these are really important things, even signing yourself how bodily that is. And that when we worship and what we pray, these aren't just cerebral, abstract actions, but they're involving the whole person. So going to a shrine and drinking some water from the font by mm-hmm. the statue of Our Lady, or, um, you know, rolling beads in your hand for the Divine Mercy Chaplet or the Rosary, or taking a contemplative walk. The whole person is involved when we pray. So mm-hmm. it's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. My father used to carry uh, a little bottle of holy water with him just about everywhere. Like mm-hmm. he would just carry it. And it's a, you know, during the day, if I'm having a hard time, he goes, I, I go and spend some time in prayer outside. And he goes... And when I finish, I take my little holy water thing out and I bless myself with it. And he goes, and it's just a regular practice that I do all the time. So, mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. I've known a few moms who will remain nameless who have filled up spray bottles with holy water, <laughs> and when their kids are misbehaving, they spray them with holy water. Oh, that's that's mm-hmm. a great to bless them. That's a great mm-hmm. idea. Okay. On that note, I have one other story. Yeah. So maybe you guys have seen this. I'm not sure. I also was looking through. Um, the Eucharistic Revival resource pages mm. that the USCCB provides sure. mm-hmm. and came across this article as some of the resources, but it, these are more like parish resources, I would say. But the title of the article is, What is the Significance and Proper Usage of Holy Water? Mm. It's by Father Joseph, I'm going to spell the last name, E-V-I-N-G-E-R. But in his article about uses of holy water and how to properly dispose or whatever you're doing, he goes on to tell his childhood story about how every time they lived on a farm and every time they would get a hailstorm, the his mother would unscrew the holy water cap of the bottle that they had in their house, take it outside, catch a piece of hail in the bottle, and that eventually it was like a significant way for like the storm to Go away. Dissipate. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I thought that was really cool. But you guys will have to look up that article. It was really, really interesting. Like just all the different things. And again, for me, it relates back to like what we're doing with our daughter. And, you know, kids see all kinds of crazy things, right? At mass, not at mass. At school, not at school. They see all kinds of crazy things. And as a kid, right, this obviously – stuck out to this father joe and that's yeah. what's it's, you know part of his holy water story yeah. i guess it's <laughs> forming what we call the catholic imagination this is the way that you see the world that what's happening in nature also relates to me and my faith and i could bring these things together i remember as a kid distinctly seeing on the tv there's a tornado a warning mm-hmm. in our neighborhood in parma which was kind of rare and my mom took a palm that, you know, we used to put our palms behind the crucifix in the family yep. home. Mm-hmm. And she took it to the stove. We had a gas stove and just burned the palm. And I think we did an Our Father, Hail Mary, and a Glory Be to ask the Lord to protect our home. And I never never forget my mom just and, – and to light a palm. that The stove was for cooking, yeah. not to light a palm. And that stuck in my head. That formed mm-hmm. my imagination. Wow. When a storm comes – we Catholics can do something to respond. So, again, yeah, forming the Catholic imagination is very important. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. You know, Brooke, when you said don't drink the holy water font, I, I'm, don't drink the holy water, mm-hmm. it reminded me. Uh, here, here's a fabulous flub in, in liturgy. Um, 
so I had students who would be who we would pay to be sacristans mm-hmm. each year, and it was it was an important job, and we thought it was important enough to pay someone to do. And um, so one day I'm in the sacristy, and one of the students goes over, and we had a big jug of holy water that we would refill the fonts up that we had blessed, and we just kept it in the mm-hmm. side, and that was where we would refill, right? And he has the water cruet, and he's starting to put the holy water into the water cruet that we would use for mass. And I just looked at him. I was like, what are you doing, Russ? And he goes, I'm filling up the water cruet. With holy water? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, no. Good old tap. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, you don't you don't drink holy water. And he goes, oh. I said, who told you to do that? And he named the person who told him to do that. I said, well, they're wrong. <laughs> he goes, funny. I, I I had no idea. And I was like, so we've been drinking holy water for the last <laughs> two semesters. And <laughs> every time Russ has been sacristan. So, um, and he was like, I, I had no idea. I said, I know you had no idea. It's not your fault. I said, someone told you the wrong thing. That's all. And I'm thinking, like, who would have thought to tell him this? <laughs> speaking, but, well, speaking, go on. Did like, I cut you No, off? you're fine. Okay. Speaking of holy water story, see, this is what happens when you're Catholic. It reminded me of my first assignment. We had a baptismal font that was running. Mm-hmm. And it trickled. And I remember during the Easter season, we wouldn't always turn it on. During the Easter season, we'd turn it on. And uh, one of the older women at Mass caught me before Mass started, and she asked me if I would turn it off. And I asked her why. And she said, because that sound of trickling makes me want to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and she goes, and I'm not the only one. I said, all right, we'll turn it off for Mass. So, it, yeah, it is kind of funny. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. And so we do all these things in a church. And so uh, this week, hey, Nine Nights of Night Prayer is coming up. Um, yes. So we, we have a church from that this week, right? August to se- August 7th to August 14th. And one of the places we'll be is Saints Robert and William, which is in Euclid, Ohio, on East 260th Street. My classmate, Father John Betters, is the pastor there. I think he – well, he's the first pastor. And – there's a nice school there. The church is huge. It looks like an upside-down boat. It looks like Noah's Ark was flipped upside down. It's big, um, a lot of wood. He had a new roof put on in the last few years. Um, music there is great. Ministry there is great. Um, so I'm looking forward to being out there. Have you guys been out to Robert and William? Yeah, I have. They, I have. They, yeah, they have a good youth ministry out there. Big Mike Cox is the mm-hmm. uh, youth minister and a great musician. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's out there. He's great. Um, so I've been out there a couple times, yeah. Yeah, we've done um, quite a few things with the school and then just the depart- our Catholic education department here at the diocese has held a lot of different events out there, but it's just a great space. Yeah. Really cool space, yeah. And hey, Hillbilly Thomas, let's not forget that. That's coming up. Yeah, so August 4th, free bluegrass concert at St. Wendelin Parish, starting at 7 o'clock with the opener, Tom Evanchuk, singer-songwriter from Cleveland. Hillbilly Thomas, take the stage at 8. We'll close with night prayer, uh, presided by uh, Bishop Woost. He'll be bishop. Right now he's bishop-elect, but by then he'll be a bishop, actually, the oils will still be wet. I think he gets oil. Does he get oil put on his head? I don't know. Yes. Remember. Yeah, oil, they do. Yeah, okay. I believe, yeah. Yeah. I know they hold the gospel book over his head. We'll have to talk about that ordination mass on a future podcast, too, because we haven't had one in the Diocese of Cleveland in 21 years for yeah. a bishop. We should do a little like play-by-play from somewhere, to, you know, going over that, so that's why we get all the parts. I'll be yeah. concelebrating. You could do the. You could be in the media section I if you wanted. That. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. With Brooke, get media passes. Yeah, there you Excuse go. me, sir. Excuse me, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> The, um, the other thing, too, is this weekend, so if you're listening today on Saturday, 
uh, will be out Becoming Fire, and we'll be actually recording two of our uh, episodes out there. So if you have a question, you're going to Becoming Fire, stop by. Maybe we'll put you on the show. That'd be great. Cool. And so our readings this week uh, from the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 12, uh, the quote that I'll take here this week is, Take care to guard against all greed, for though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. Hmm. Mm. This morning, although it's Anna and Joachim Day, yes. Yes. I, I read the Office of Readings for Anna and Joachim, but there's an awesome reading for the regular um, reading today from St. Basil the Great. And man, he really hands it to people for not handing themselves and their wealth or their gifts to others. And that's a constant theme for 2,000 years in Christianity. Absolutely. Can't be greedy. Love gives itself away, and so we need to give ourselves away to others too. Exactly. So mm-hmm. ask yourself, what might you be able to give away today to someone? Just something small. doesn't have to be something big. And we'll be giving you a whole lot more next week on Question of Faith. 